Mesechtis, Baba Kama, Dafnun Hey, we are at the second to last line on Dafnun Dalam Amid Beis, because that's what we do. And we will, it's much better than usual, but it's still on Amid Beis. Zok the Heli Gemara. Shal Rebchanino ben Ogil. Find him again in Shas. Esubchir ba Abo. No idea. How come when you open up the Dibra Sushainis and Parshas Yisrael, you won't find the word Tev there? <coughs> Yet when it comes to the Dibra Sakhrainis, says Rashi where, So the word Tev only appears in Parshas Veskanon on the Luchashniyos. How come? So he told him, Before you get to ask me why, first let me know if that's actually the case. Uh, yeah, is that is that how it is? If this if this line if this line is shas doesn't rattle your cage, then you must be sleeping. He's like, before you ask me why, ask me if that's even the case. I didn't know that. She any idea I'm never meant to even love. I don't know. Does it say to you there? Or not? <coughs> wow. Klach, here's my suggestion. Why don't you go into Reb Tanchem Bar Chaniloi? Show you Rogel Eitzir B'Shom Alevi. Go to Reb Tanchem Bar Chaniloi, who used to learn the Yeshiva B'Shom Alevi. Show you Baki Bagado, and he might be able to tell you if and why. So Azal Gabei, he went. Amalei, he says, listen, Mimenu Loi Shemati. I never heard anything from B'Shom Alevi about this. But I heard this from somebody. The reason why it doesn't say it in the Luchas in Parashas Yisrael is because they're eventually going to be broken in Parashas Kisisa and therefore it doesn't say it. Oh, I'm sorry. So what? It's going to be broken. Because then it would look like Toiv end. Toiv ended. Therefore, Hashem didn't want to write. Hashem knew in his infinite wisdom that the Luchas Rishonis are going to be broken. So he didn't have written on the Luchas Rishonis. If this Gemara is not a clear indication that Talmud Bavli is full of Kabbalah, I don't know. I can't help you. This Gemara is. On every level, makes no sense. We did four years ago, three years ago, four years ago, I don't remember. Shavasa Batamas, between Mincha and Mary, have discussed this tomorrow because we discussed why the test Taiv is specifically because what, why that's represented by that. I guess maybe it was recorded, maybe not. I have no idea. I think it's definitely on my podcast. I think it was recorded. Had to be three years ago. Right, so three years ago, Shavasa Batamas. I spoke about it. It was up here. Yeah, because we weren't downstairs yet. So I guess it was up here. I think if you go back three years ago to Shavasa Batama's podcast, we gave a whole sheer on why, on this Gemara, and on the next Gemara, about the letter test, what it represents. Because Machlikas of Shavasa Batama is supposed to be test Thomas or Shavasa Batama's, and test represents Toiv, as we'll see in the next Gemara. Toiv is going to be 17. 17 is Shavasa Batama's. We gave a whole sheer on that Nakuda. But again, this Gemara is, is, is a Pella. I mean, I'm not, but uh, yeah, I'm not. Why would Tov be an issue if you broke it in the first? It's written in the second again. Well, but, but then it's a broken Tov. 
other nine percent Great. Great. I don't I don't I can't answer you. This this Gemara is a one big fat circuit. There's one Mara Markham and Gemara from Kiwagar on the side. Can I ask somebody to pass me a Gemara Baba Basra? Rabkiva Eger says, thank you. Rabkiva says, Eger says inside, I am Baba Basra, Kufi Gimel, but all of Taisa Dover Basra Tervayu. If you think this Gemara is interesting, listen to the Taisa, Rabkiva Eger is telling two on this. Thank you, Rabbi. Taisa says, Baba Basra, Kufi Gimel. Listen to this Taisa. Listen to this Taisa. Taisa says, Tervayu, Nami, fine. Taisa starts. Pa'amim shlo hayu b'kiyim b'psukim. There were times that Tanoim and Amirim did not know p'sukim. V'chein matzinu b'seif shor shenogah chesaparo. M'pnei ma'alei nema b'dibur t'rishayin is toiv. O'malei achat ha'shaleini sh'eni yedeya. Klach, klach. Says Taisa, says Elamai, sometimes Tanoim didn't know p'sukim. So Taisa says. This Shira must be given on this Gemara at some point to be able to explain this because this is. Oh, that's that, that's the biggest kasha. But mainly, you want to tell me the guy doesn't know a pasuk in almost the Gemara of Sechus um, um, Zara, where there was a certain Amario didn't know a pasuk in Amos, and they mocked him, and he says, "Yeah, it's only a pasuk in Amos." Okay, but Aser is a difference. I mean, if there ever was something that's like as Jewish as Jewish can be. Suck the Gemara What? Was Hanukkah summer practice? Hanukkah was always the summer practice. Yeah. Okay, we have to. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to one time get back to this Gemara. This Gemara is mamish. I mean, this this pages of literature in the in the, the Swarm to explain this Gemara. I mean, and with all that being said, it's still a tzarachin. But we, you know, we're learning dafiyami. Amr Rabbi Shua. On that note, let's talk about the letter test. Amr Rabbi Shua. Haruaya test b'chaloymoi. Nine is the only n- number. Nine, the, the letter test is obviously nine. Nine is, is the only number. I mean, everybody knows from the, from, the, from the times table that nine is a very unique number. But it's the only number that always equals nine itself. Right? You, you know how that works? We'll have to talk about it. 18, 27, 81, 56, 53. Yeah. Okay. And it goes on... Ad infinitum. It continuously goes on to. And there's a very deep nikuda in the letter 9, and the number 9, which we'll have to get to at some point in a different opportunity. But for now, somebody that sees a letter test in his dream, it's a good omen. It's a good omen. My title. If you can tell me because test represents toiv. Anybody want to suggest what that pasuk means? The Something close to that. Very good. Very good. I will, I will sweep you into oblivion, basically. Akkadish Baruch was saying, really not to Klayasol, to Klayasol what he's going to do to the other nations of the world. But it definitely has a bad connotation. And if there ever was a test pasuk, it's Vitate Sabamatate. You know, that's, that, you know, yeah. So maybe it means something bad like that. It says, well, no, Chat test Karminon. Because only one test. So if there's one test, Vitate Sabamatate has two tests. Or five, four. Says my Emma Tumasa Bishulaho, Pasuk in Echo, starts with a test. Says Mara, test base Karmina. Right, but test and base together. Obviously, if you have a dream of test only, it can mean something bad. But if it has test and base together, then it's Toyu. 
Correct. We're now fixing it. Ema, Ema Tavu Ba'aret Sha'arel. Also a pasuk in Eicha. Not a great pasuk. Allah Hayal a pasuk by Akasa Lutoiva Tchilo. The answer is a nukshah. We're going back to Tesalon exactly like he said initially is a good is good. Why? Shemi Bereishis Adva Yar Lakimas Ar Kitoiv Lakesiv Tes. If you open up Chumash Bereishis, Parakala Pasuk Alaf, and you go through. Till you find the first time the letter test is going to be Vayar Lakim Kitoiv. So Ar Kitoiv. The first time test makes an appearance is Toiv, therefore the letter test means always going to be good. This is based on you say that we discussed two years ago by Ripsadek Akkadim Lublin's yard site. There was a breakfast downstairs in Shul, and we spoke then. And Ripsadek is famous for saying that the first time something says in the Torah, he heard from his Rebbe, the Ishbit said, the Mayashilayach. We discussed a few examples in Tanakh where he, where Tzadik says this Nikudo that this is the Makar for what his Rebbe, the Mashiach, said that the, you always have to go back to the first source in the Torah where the word or the letter or the concept appears, and that's an indication of how you're supposed to look at things through a Torah perspective and lens. Somebody that sees a eulogy in his dream, Rashi says, second line, last word, he didn't see an actual eulogy. He saw the word Hesped in a dream. Chasu Allah ben Hashemayim, you should know it's a good omen. That means that he was just spirit. He was just saved of something. Why? Upeda'uhu, and he was saved. It's not that he sees a Hesped, but he sees it written. And the reason for that is, is because Hesped is a combination of two words, as the Masha explains. Chas Pad. Chas means Rachmanus. Pad is Moshem Padoi, redeemed. So Chas Padiyod, Hashem had obviously... Compassion on him, and therefore a hesped would be a very good omen to see in your dream, because it means that something was bad was was going to happen to you, but it was changed. We saw in the mission yesterday. The mission says. <laughs> That's happening. Now you guys are daydreaming. It's even worse. <laughs> The Mishnah said, so to any live animal, it's not only an animal, it's also birds, it's also fish, the same halachas are going to be. Does it say fish? It doesn't say fish. The Mishnah doesn't say fish. I said fish. Based on the Gemara, what the Gemara is about to say. Here Rebbe taught us interesting things in Hilchas Kalayim, because in the Mishnah it said that these halachas are also regarding Kalayim. So it was teaching us over here, Tanagol Tavaz of Pesioni, a rooster, a peacock, and a pheasant. Kalayim Zebzeh are not allowed to be mated with each other uh, because they're Kalayim, they're different species. Well, obviously. Since they graze and live amongst each other, that grouping, so I thought maybe it's the same species of bird and therefore we can hybrid them. No, they are different species. On that note, Avaz Abar. Avaz is a, a goose. goose. What? What did you say? Oh. Avaz is a, is, a, is a goose. Okay? Could be. But Avaz Abar, Avaz Abar is a goose also. It's just a wild goose. So, Kalayim Zebzeh. They're also not allowed to be mated with each other. Even though they're both goose or geese, they're still not allowed to be uh, mated. 
says the Moscow of Rav Hanan, my time, why talking not? Elim should the high Aruch Kuye, Vahai Zatir Kuye. Maybe you'll tell me because one has a very thick neck and one has a very thin neck. Alamayato, if that's the case, Gamla Parsev, Gamla Tayo. So when it comes to camels, a, ca- a camel that's a. Arabian? Help me, I don't know the difference between these camels. Persian and Arabian. Persian and Arabian camels. Single hump and double hump. Oh, oh, the beak? Oh, really? Rashi says neck. Savari of. Art school is arguing with Rashi? Who are they quoting? Doesn't even say. Rashi says Savari. Thick neck. I don't know. Okay. Interesting. I made a curiosity. Sorry, Art school. I am Rashi. Okay. I think that's Rashi means. Savari is not a beak, but okay. So if you can tell me if that's then therefore by camels also a gamma paras and a gamma tayo the high alum kue the high cotton kue where each one oh no here's where he says it oh my bad my bad Rashi does say beak yeah erase that Rashi says beak balaz I skipped that Rashi I went to the next Rashi so no, by the birds it's the beaks by the camels it's the necks one has a fat neck and one has a skinny neck so how can Amid have a climb zebazah so that can't be the reason it can't be. That the reason for the avos and the avos, it's going to be El Amar Abayo. The difference is Zeb Bey of Mibachutz, Zeb Bey of Mibafnim. Depends, and therefore that tells us that obviously they are different species. Rav Papa Amar, Hatuuna Chada Biasa B'Shichlo, V'Hatana Kama Biasa B'Shichlo. When it comes to geese, there's also a big difference regarding the the wild goose and the regular goose. Is because one can um, is produces multiple eggs at once. And the other one produces one egg at a time, and therefore that also also is an indication that they are other species. Somebody that breeds two different sea creatures together. I, I have a joke, I'm not going to say it. Loika, he gets Malchus. My time, Omar, Omar. The reason why different sea creatures are not allowed to be, are not allowed to get married to each other, is because when it comes to land animals, it says and it says by the, I'm sorry, that's by the fish, by the land animals, it says so therefore we say. There's a Xerishava, Lumino, Luminehu, and therefore, even though Agamar has it as Luminehu, Luminehu, but that's not fully accurate, it's Lumino, Luminehu. But Al Kapanim, be that as it may, we have a Hekish that you're not allowed to crossbreed sea creatures. Boy Rachava. Rachava declared the following Shiloh. And this is also a Gemara that comes up in other places in Shas. Hamanek Vishibuta. A guy's traveling along the banks of the river, and he has a goat pulling it. And he also has attached to a fish is also pulling it. So it, there's two things pulling his carriage that he's riding along. I, I can't fathom how exactly it works. Well, along the river. Yeah, sure, fine. So, yeah, if it makes sense to you, good for you. So he has a goat and a fish goat, a goatfish, that are pulling. The, the reason I'm saying goatfish is because that's how uh, the Mepharshim explained the Shibuta is. It's called a goatfish. And that's part of the Shiloh because it's called a goatfish. It's like a horse and a seahorse. Imagine them pulling you, or whatever. A lion and a sea lion. 
So the question is, is that going to be kalayim, or is that not kalayim, to have them both pulling you? Do we say, since goats don't live in the ocean, and Shibuta doesn't live on land, so like Lum Ovid, so therefore, there's nothing wrong with it. Or right now, you're being pulled by the two of them. Therefore, it's not okay. Honestly, I cannot figure out how this works, but I guess it's a good hypothetical and theoretical question anyways. The line for pulling is because of the chewing? No cause, because the Torah says you're not allowed to. So, I mean, if you would have two animals that but different minimum, but they both don't chew, or they both chew, you're still not allowed to. Torah says you're not allowed to. One of the reasons behind the mitzvah, Shavu Hamar, is because uh, fine, fine. Okay, it's a reason. We don't we don't do mitzvahs or not do mitzvahs based on the reasons. Maskif Ravino If that's the case, based on what you're saying, He has grain in his hand. He has a little bit of barley. He has a little bit of wheat. He has in his hand. And he planted one in Eretz Yisrael and one in Chutz Laaretz, like on the on the grain. It's in in Gaza area. He plants one over here and one over there. That's all Eretz Yisrael. That's not a good example. Whatever, somewhere, somewhere else. So the question is, You want to tell me that it's also going to be chayiv? It's a pal of the But the Gemara is saying that I'm going to. If that's the case, we look at Tosfos, the bottom Tosfos. It's in one row. It's like mamish on the border. It's within three tochem. And therefore, I have, I'm planning it together. Are you also going to say that that should be problematic? It's two different types. Not only is it different types. In Eretz Yisrael, there's a chiyuv to make sure Kalayim is not, uh, yeah. And 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 there is no such chiyuv. I'll kapon him to some extent. You have to learn sechtas kalayim properly to get the nafkamino. But halcha, but over here when we have a goat and a sea goat, as the bottom last rashi in the parak says, if you would have a boat being pulled by a sea lion and a whale, that would be problematic. So therefore, you can sell two to wheat and barley. Hadron Allah, Shah Shinagah, Esaparo, for those that actually finished the parish. Zakta Hilga Mishnah. And now we come back to sixth grade, or some people seventh grade. Some people, the first Gemara that they learn, that was me, I didn't learn any of the Mitzvahs, I wasn't, I was in Yeshiva, did Akainas first. So we did Akainas first. did Akainas first. Sounds good. It definitely makes sense. It's the first Mitzvah to the Yeah, Akainas Sayyidir. Somebody that brings his sheep into a deer. A deer, I could, you know, I could do sixth grade taich, but there doesn't know that type of Yiddish. So a deer is basically a corral, but it's not really because it's a moving corral. You take, you want to fertilize your field, so you have them live in a certain area for a certain amount of time, and then you pick up that, like, like a playpen. You put a baby in, and then you like, it's like gated in, and then you move that whole thing 20 miles down, or whatever, 20 feet down, they should fertilize that area now. That's called a deer. So he brings all the sheep into the deer of an for now, and he closes the gate properly. Don't ask how, but that's the fact. It went out and then damaged Potter. He's Potter because Top Rashi, the Hamatra, he did what he has to do. But what more do you want from the guy? If he didn't lock the door behind him, if it got broken open by night, or thieves broke in, Potter. Again, what was he supposed to do? When he went to sleep at night, everything was, was safe. 
And the moment he wakes up in the morning, he sees that it's gone. What, what, what was he supposed to do? So Tosus says, Tosus, the second Tosus on the page, Avalpi the Tanya Nalba Fanel Kiroi Potter. So why is why would I think Nifritz of Alila is different? It says if you close it properly, it's good. What is it Nifritz of Alila? Like I would think that it's different. Tosus says it's strictly missing Nifritz of Alila Potter. Because if it would be by day that it would be different, so you would be Chayim. Because by day you probably get a message, oh, by the way, the corral was broken open. So therefore you don't have that excuse. By night you have that excuse. Or, even if he gets a ding on his, you know, on his device, not during chakras, he gets a ding on his device at some point that his, his fence was broken open. While he's in bed, and he turns over instead of getting out of bed to close it up. Are you going to make him go in the middle of the night, three o'clock in the morning, to go chase down his sheep that's that's running? No, the guy has a right to turn over in his bed and do what he has to do to gain kirkus for the next day's avodah. So therefore, that's why it says nifrit zibalayla. But akapanim, if it's nifrit zibalayla or partul listim yatsu azikay is pater. Well, listim. In fact, if it was actually taken out by a thief. The list of chayav and that list of is not chayav and any da- damage it does because now it's under his dominion. If he left the sheep out in the corral, but in a sunny area where obviously at a certain point you just lose your mind standing out in the sun, and sheep sheepishly do the same exact thing, so you, you could expect that the sheep would go wild and break out even. If it's closed and under normal circumstances, they wouldn't be able to break out. But you put them into a situation like that, they'll break out. Or if you hand it over the sheep to somebody that cannot protect it because he's a imbecile or a cherish or a cotton or whatever it is. So in all those cases, um, because that's on you. you. You didn't give it over to proper, proper care or you didn't put it in a place where it could be properly protected. But Masur Laraya, if you hand it over to an actual sheep watcher, so known as a shepherd, the shepherd now takes over and he has any obligation for any damages that it does. Nafalagino, this is like totally out of like left field. But let's say the sheep just falls into a guy's backyard and landed on a pile of tomatoes. And because it landed on a pile of tomatoes instead of on the ground, it it uh, it, uh, it cushioned the blow. But the guy's tomatoes are ruined. So the halacha is in the henness, he benefited by landing on the tomatoes. Mishalem is smashed in the It only has to pay the, not, doesn't pay for the amount of the damage. The damage is maybe $4,000. But what, we don't pay for that. We pay for how much you benefited. What did you benefit? If the animal would have landed without tomatoes, it would break a back, it would cost you $200 to fix the animal. Now that it landed on tomatoes, you're very happy he didn't break his back. So it's $200 you benefited. That's all you have to pay, even though it was a $4,000 damage, as we'll see in Hamish Chagamara. When it's elaborated on the Mishnah. Yarda Kadakab, if the animal descends into the field regularly, Vezika does damage, then Mashalam is Mashazika, then it has to pay for whatever it damaged, not for what it benefited. And those two prices are obviously different. Ketzad Mashalam is Mashazika. Give me a situation where how does it pay based on what it damaged? Shaman Beisab Isis Sada. We go to a Beisab, a certain amount of area within a field. How much was it and how much is it? And then we see, oh, look, this, this row was worth 1,000. This row is worth 200. What happened? Obviously, it's $800 worth of damage, and that's how much has to be paid, as we'll see in the Gemara. If he ate ripe fruits, he pays for ripe fruits. Whether it's a saw, whether it's a saim, we'll have to see what exactly he's referring to in the Hemshech, in the Gemara, when it elaborates on the Mishnah. 
The Mishnah says you have to close the gate, the corral, the fence. Kiroi, ezu kiroi, ve'ezu shloi kiroi. What is kiroi? What is not? Dalas yichoy lam beruch matzuyo. If it could survive a regular wind, zeu kiroi. Sheidi yichoy lam beruch matzuyo, zeu shloi kiroi. Amar abanu be'patish. Man tano muad the cycle of bishmir pchuso. Who's the tano that holds that a muad also? It's enough just to have an elementary level of protection. Bishmir pchuso. This is a mission that we already learned earlier in the Masechto. Shita Rabbi Yehuda. Tanan kashu ba'alo b'mayseiro. If the owner tied it up with a rope, v'nal b'fun of kareid and closed it properly, v'yatz of a hizik. So according to Meir, echatam v'echad muiv chayid of Meir, because Meir holds yet you have to have a shmir ma'ula for all types. Rabbi Yehuda Omer tam chayiv muiv potter shenam avoli shmir ba'alo v'shamuza. This is protected. He was tied up properly. We discussed already then in the Gemara why is it that by a muiv you need a lesser protection than a tam. But as I we learned also English mir lasakim. The only way to protect a a raging bull is by making him into supper. So lechayro, this mishnah seems to be like she of Yehuda that says that you need to have a shmiro. Shmir pchusa is going to be enough. According to our mayor, shmir pchusa is never enough. According to our Eliezer, we don't know what he holds, but again, a tam. But 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 Pashas, he holds the only way to protect the tam is by slaughtering it. Rabbi Yehuda is the only one that holds that sometimes we need a Shemir Pchuso. So the our Mishnah is Rabbi Yehuda. says we're not necessarily. Afilo Tamer Meir. Shani Shen V'Regel. The Torah Miato B'Shemiroson. But Shen and Regel, the Torah doesn't require you to have as much Shemiro. The Amr of Lazar. The Amr of Maslita Tana Abad Varim. There are four things that Torah Miato B'Shemiroson. The Torah downgraded the amount of Shemiro one has to have. Elohim. Bar V'Eish Shen V'Regel. Bar he opened up a pit, or he uncovered a pit, and he didn't close it. Hockey say, but it sounds like if he did close it, partly he would be exempt. Why is he exempt if he closed it? He should have to refill the hole. Take the best way to close up a pit is to refill the pit. Why do we allow you to just put a manhole over it? alone is enough. That's alone. We see by bar the Torah is not marked on a shmir muula. So to aish the chiv shalim yishalim amarvas abeiro. You have to pay the maver abeira has to do it, meaning it has to be like you're a maver. But if you will lit the fire, and we're going to elaborate on this in this parak, if you lit the fire and you gave it somewhat protection, and something happened, that's not on you. Again, we require a shmir pchusa, a basic fire protection would suffice. Shane, the chsiv ubir b'stei acher, ad ubir. Again, as long as it does similar to ubir, which means to go ahead and consume, that alone is enough. So again, it has to be that the, the, the owner of the animal is leading it to go eat, which means he has mamish neglectful. But if he gives some type of shmiro, that's enough. So to regel the chsiv v'shilach, ad ke'en v'shilach, similar, as long as he doesn't actually send it to go damage, it sounds like if he just has some type of shmiro, it would be enough. Vitanyo, and this brings us back to the beginning of Masechto, V'shilach zeh regal v'cheinu oimer mishalche regal hashem v'chamar daf pezim and bez ubier zeh shein v'cheinu oimer kashi yivare agolol ad tumoi. So Taima says the Gemara d'avid kein v'shilach ubier holay avid loy. So l'chayr we see from here again shen v'regal and that's what Armish is referring to. Again, if you do somewhat of protection, that alone would be enough. Says the Rabba avigaval the Gerayo. Amar Rabba masitz nami deiko diktani tzayim. Let's talk about it. The previous parak is Shar Shanagach. The parak before that is Shar Shanagach. We're talking about Shar. Our whole Masechta, we're talking about Shar. All of a sudden, we come to this Mishnah, it's Akrinis Tsar Ladir. 
Why does it talk about a shark? Because a shark, whenever we talk about a shark, more or less we're talking about Karen, Shen, or Regal. By Tsoin, you can never be talking about, about, about Karen. Tsoin is always going to be Shen or Regal. Tsoin doesn't have Karen, doesn't, it's not a raging Tsoin. And therefore, Regal and Shane is what's normal for a Tsoin. Therefore, if Armish has a kind of there, obviously we're referring to regarding Shen and Regal. Obviously, we're talking about a Shen Regal that's Muad. Therefore, a Muad, according to Rabbi Yehuda, Taka or Shemir Pchusa alone is enough. Therefore, our mission is going to be Shittas Rabbi Yehuda. And for here, from now, we'll stop over here, even though we can go to Amad Allah, but our minute is to always start the next day on Amad Beis. Oh, you know what? Let's do. No, no, that's it. We'll stop over here. Why can't you change? You can have